Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions and provides unbiased answers. Invest Talk, over 31 million downloads and counting. I wanted to get your opinion on ticker symbol. I just really like it as a long term play. Uh, appreciate the show, appreciate all the knowledge. Thanks, guys. Your participation makes it unique. 888 99Chart. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. And this is Invest Talk, the Tuesday edition, September 7, 2021. And thank you for being with me. Labor Day has passed. I hope you had a nice Labor Day weekend. I know I did. I uh, went to a movie, had some family over, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, we're now moving into September. September is probably known for being one of the worst months of the year. For, for and, uh, When you're talking about the trading year for stocks, um, October is known for putting in a bottom, not necessarily being the worst year, but October can be very volatile on the downside and then bounce up. It's happened pretty often in the history of time. But, you know, you really can't rely on any of that. You, you just really can't. There's no time in the market. I mean, I could tell you the cycles. I could tell you the monthly cycles, the yearly cycles. I, I could tell you all those things. And I've mentioned them all on the air many times. But you can't really use them to time the market because there's always changes or exceptions. And I don't know if we have enough data points to really gauge if they're really that accurate. Data points meaning you know, 100, 200 years to base things on. And things change. It's one thing about the stock market. If you ever haven't noticed it so far, things change. They just change. Anyways, on today's program and podcast, we will operate with the same mission statement, <clears throat> independent thinking and shared success. And, of course, that is our assurance to you that our market reporting, our process explanations, the educational segments, our stock market commentary when you asked about a stock or the market itself, you know, it's all done with absolute the best information we can provide and without any bias, one way or another. We want to give you the facts, just the facts. I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to contact me. Your financial and investment questions are welcome. You drive the show any direction you want. As long as it's a financial direction, I'm on board. So, you can call me right now. We're live, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, Monday through Friday. If, we're, if you can't call now, you can always call later and leave the question in our voice bank, and we will answer your questions on the next show or the show after that, as fast as we can, anyway. The number never changes, 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to our first question. Hi, this is Daniel from Houston. I'm calling about stock ticker POR. That's Portland General Electric Company. I bought a position back when it was in its low 30s. It's now risen to about $52 a share. The valuation has come up since I bought, and my question is, uh, should I just continue to hold this stock, or, or should I be taking profits and exiting my position? Would like to hear your feedback. Thanks so much. Goodbye. Well, it's, an elect- uh, it's in the um, uh, electric 
generation business, Portland General Electric, POR, it's a symbol, engaged in a generation purchase, transmission, distribution, and sale of electricity. So when you talk about utilities, utilities do have their own, I don't know, I guess we'll call it cycle. They usually hold up very good in uh, tough economic times because everybody still needs electricity. So they're defensive in nature, okay? Defensive in nature. And this dog bottomed in, uh, bottomed in the COVID era um, down to the low 30s. And obviously, that's when he bought it. And today, as he said, it's at $50.66. Well, is it worth $50.66? But they're going to make $275 this year, $279 last year. They made $281 the year before. So that's about what it's going to trade at. So if you give it a 15 PE, which is the market average, you're talking about a stock that's probably a little overpriced. Okay? Turn equity is only 10%. Pays a 3.4% dividend. Now, he, you are getting a much less. You're getting a higher dividend because you purchased the stock at a much less price. So you might be getting 4%, which is great. So you're really only going to hold this stock because of the dividend because there's not going to be a lot of growth. And the little bit of growth we've got or we've seen is probably about as much as we have and the price of the stock is built into it. Now, the stock has gotten as high as $60 before COVID. So it could go to 60 But I think you're getting close to the... To where it's going to go. I don't I don't know how much more upside there is to it. Thanks for the call. P.O.R., Portland General Electric. Let's go to James in New York. Hi, James. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you for the call. Yeah, um, I'd like to uh, ask about uh, Albertson's ACI. Uh, I've had it for about a year, just under a year. Uh, I did spectacular with it. And I'm just thinking maybe at some point there may come a time to take some profits. I wonder if we're there yet. Or, you know, should I look into selling the position, hold it a little longer? Okay. It's a, Albertson's company. is a grocery store chain, 2,277 stores. One thing about grocery store chains is their profit margins are usually pretty thin. Um, uh, so as long as you know that, it pays a small dividend, 1.2%, has a very good return on equity, but also has lots of debt. So that return on equity might not be that real because the debt, Pushes up return on equity. Anyways, uh, good, ca- really good cash flow, eight dollars and sixty-one cents. I mean, that's really strong. It's going to make two dollars and twenty-two cents next year, two dollars and twenty cents this year. And it's a thirty-three cent, thirty-three dollar and fifty cents stock. So it's, I would say, I would say it's fairly priced and probably maybe a little high, a little overpriced uh, at this point. And therefore, it might be smart to take some money off the table. Yes, I would. T- if I bought it as low as you did, I'd probably at least take half my profits off the table. And then, if I really wanted to keep it, I would. But I'm not keen in general. A long-term holds on grocery store stocks, maybe Costco, but you know, uh, I just don't think they have enough profit margin in them. I do think uh, commodity prices are going to be pretty strong. Therefore, they might do better going forward. But history has taught me that grocery stores don't don't go up that fast. So this one has gone up pretty fast. So I think your your I think your thinking is correct, James. Maybe take some off the table. Okay. Appreciate the call. My focus point today concerns the story behind the question. 
In the world of FANG stocks, remember F-A-A-N-G stocks, could Netflix have a definitive advantage? So we'll talk about that. You know, FANG is Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Alphabet or Google. You know, so we'll talk about that here in a minute. How about some other talking points? Did you hear about El Salvador adopting Bitcoin as a legal currency? For Salvador, Bitcoin. We're going to discuss that a little bit. Uh, is long-term care insurance worth worth the price, worth the cost? This is a tough question, and people have asked me this before. It's, it's not a clear-cut yes or no. It's something that you have to just weigh for yourself. But I want to talk about a little bit about the pros and cons. Um, um, one other thing... Um, there's a there's a there's a, a mutual fund called Arc Innovative Innovation, and a lady runs it. She's done very well in the past, and she is predicting something. Uh, you know, she's predicting. Uh, I wanted to talk about the three areas she is very high on going forward, as potential potential explosive areas where stocks will jump. Just to give you an idea, I'm not going to give out stocks. So don't think that. Um, and you know how we've been having, uh, the federal government has been forbearance, has had forbearance on loans, making banks hold off on foreclosing on properties. That's going to end at the end of September. What's that going to do to the housing market? Those are things, if we can get to them, I want to talk to those things. But we may not be able to get to them. We'll get to some, I guarantee it. So how'd the market do today? Mar the Dow was down 269. And NASDAQ was up 11, and the S&P down 15. It started off that way in the morning and kind of just stayed there in a very tight range all day long. So there wasn't much to the market. Uh, I would say it was on the downside, weak. Not terribly weak, but weak. I got some theories as to why that's the case, but, you know, they're just theories. Maybe we'll get to them if we have time. Okay. My trivia question today concerns a belief, uh, but concerns the key beliefs and behaviors that will keep you perpetually in debt, and is coming up at the halfway point of the program. Okay, so we'll talk about that too. Our our uh, our trivia question. We're headed into a quick break right now, but I'm here and ready to take your questions. I'll tackle anything financial. So give them to me. I'm ready for it. 888-99-CHART. Summer's moving fast, and you can't afford to lose focus. So have your finance and investment questions ready and call Steve Peasley now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to my favorite person, John in San Jose. Hey, John. <laughs> Hi, Steve. Love your show. You give such great advice. Well, thank um, you, John. I call about RIG, R-I-G, oil yes. uh, drillers uh, with the Louisiana hurricane. I wonder if it's a good time to start buying uh, oil. Well, you know, one of the problems we have is they have an administration for drillers that is kind of anti-oil drilling. That's one of our problems. And I'm not sure what's in this uh, 
you know, this infrastructure package, but I have a feeling there's a lot of green energy stuff in it, which is not going to support drillers or oil companies, right? I just, I'm a little hesitant, even, even because of this, okay? Transocean. Yeah, it's down $3 stock, so I thought that was pretty yeah. low to buy it. Pretty pretty low price, and one of the reasons is sales are falling sharply, down 29% in the most recent quarter, down 14% the quarter before that, 13 cents. 13% a quarter before that. And they're losing money. They're going to lose money this year. Next year, they lost money the last four or five years. So that's why it's a $3 stock. Not because, you know, it is one of the bigger drillers. It provides offshore contract drilling for oil and gas wells worldwide. Right, but yeah. The whole world is anti-oil at this point, it seems like. And that that's what they're fighting. They're fighting that, that prejudice against oil. And, you know, clean energy is the quote-unquote future. But so probably sideways then. You yeah, think? I, I really don't think it's going to do much until they have a change in uh, administration that's more pro oil. But by then, you know, you got to be real quick if that happens, you know, because it's going to shoot up. Appreciate Did the you call. Check CLF, real quick. CLF. CLS, it's in Sam. Uh, so, Frank. Uh, CLF. Cleveland, Cleveland Cliffs, producer of fat rolled steel and superior. Iron ore pellets and so on and so forth. I like this one much better. They're going to make $5.83 this year, then $3.60 next year, but it's a $23 stock. So it's awfully inexpensive, and it's huge growth. I, I like this a lot better. It has made a pretty strong move from its low, $4 or $5. Uh, now it's at $23. I, I think it has room to go higher. I do. Good luck with it. I hope it works for you. Okay. When people take time to leave an investment podcast review on iTunes, we'd like to thank them. And we do that with a, a courtesy question that if they ask one, we'll get to as fast as fast as we'll put them ahead of the line a little bit. Okay? So Michael from Texas. Uh, my father-in-law introduced me to your podcast one year ago, and I've been a regular listener ever since. I wanted to ask what is the correct percentage allocation to international stocks for an aggressive investor who is 100% in stocks? Okay, I'm going to answer that question right after the break. We got a quick break. I'm sorry, I have to get pushed. Get pushed. Got to take the break. We're headed into the, fur, the break again. Uh, any, any, any listener line call coming up, I would love to have you call. 888 99Chart. Invest Talk is here to help. And when you download the free Invest Talk podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. The phone lines are open 888 99Chart. 888 99Chart. Remember, I had a trivia question before the. I didn't have a trivia. I had a question before the break, uh, and it was. How much? Uh, how much of a hundred percent invested stock portfolio should be in foreign stocks? And I, I adjust that. I always adjust it depending on the environment of the world. You know, it, it depends because there's a lot of growth coming out of Asia. We know that, but it's also extremely volatile compared to our market. So you got to be prepared for that. So I would say between, you know, maybe. 10% to 15% would be an average exposure. And you also have to remember that the S&P 500, the 500 largest companies in our market, 
half of their earnings come from outside the United States. So even if you bought a company that's one of the bigger companies here in the United States, you do have foreign exposure. You just don't have the uh, you don't have the uh, the transition between foreign currencies and the U.S. currency that could affect your profits or losses. So so it depends. Uh, and remember, a lot of foreign companies are traded on our exchange in the form of ADRs, American Depository Receipts. So the foreign companies traded here. And, you know, so you can buy those on our exchange. You don't have to go to a foreign exchange. Let's go to Bill in Pismo Beach up north of, from me. How you doing, Bill? Hey, Steve. Doing well. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for calling. I appreciate that. I, I'm holding uh, 3M in a diversified account, you know, for growth and income as well, and it's Seems to have hit a rough patch uh, here. Just wanted to get your feeling on which direction you uh, think this would go, and uh, what your opinion on continuing to hold the stock in the in the near term. I think be. it's consolidating here. It looks like it's consolidating between about one about one eighty five, right where it is today. I've had a bad day today, uh, and two hundred and five to two hundred ten. So I'm thinking if it holds here, I, I think it will hold here or very close to here. Too. Is there news out that's why it fell so hard today? Because it led the Dow on the downside. Hmm. I wonder what the news is. Yeah, I didn't the, see the news. I didn't, I'm looking quickly as I'm – and I don't see anything. Um, you say you already own it? Yeah, I've, I've owned it for, for a couple of years, kind of a long-term play. So yeah, I, I, have, I have a decent profit. but Okay. You know, I don't think I get rid of it. I mean, sales growth was 25% in the most recent quarter. Before that was 10. Before that was 6. You know, so this year, it's you know, it's, it's growth is increasing. And the profits are going to be $10.10 a share this year. That's up from eight eighty last year. And then next year, ten eighty one. And it's a $185 stock. It's not by any means cheap, but I wouldn't also say that it's expensive. It's probably fairly priced, and you're getting a 3.2%. You're probably getting a higher dividend because you bought it at a lower price. So I don't know. I, I, I think I think I'd hold on to it. It's one of 3M provides industrial tapes, adhesives, medical and office products, surveillance and communication products. It's one of those big blue chip companies. That do that is very well run. So I'm, I'm thinking I'd hold on to it. I would. Thanks for the call, Bill. Appreciate it. My focus point today concerns a story behind the question in in the world of Fang stocks, F A A N G, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. Could Netflix have a definitive advantage? And the reason why that is even discussed is because. A lot of those stocks, those fame stocks, have headwinds. Uh, if you think think about what Netflix does, Netflix doesn't really produce products, right? Other than entertainment, they don't they don't have to worry about shortage of chip supplies or disruptions in the supply chain. They don't have to worry about any of those things. Right? Think about holiday season. They don't have to worry about getting their products on the shelves. They'll, you know, and, you know, maybe offering a Netflix uh, subscription might be a great gift, but 
Netflix doesn't have to worry about do I have enough on the shelf. You don't have to worry about any of that. So I'm kind of, I think that that's what this article is kind of uh, inferring, that they don't have some of the headwinds the other thing stocks might have. So is that true? Well, it might be true, but are what? But what about Netflix's price? What about you know? Do you do you not pay attention to the 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 price earnings ratio and all those kinds of things? Well, I never not I never not pay attention to. It. I think fundamentals is the first thing you look at, and Netflix is only going to make okay. It's going to grow 72% its earnings this year. That's huge, to $10.43. And next year, another 24% to $12.91. But it's a $606 stock. It's super expensive. Can it continue to go up like that? That's 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 my concern. <laughs> I could. But. As you work to build your secure financial picture, are you forever slowed down by bad habits such as carrying excessive debt? So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. If you can't seem to get and stay ahead, you should be aware of the key beliefs and behaviors that will keep you perpetually in debt. So can you name four or five debt immersion signals? In other words, they why you are always not able to get in that ahead because you're always in debt? That's going to be our trivia question as we come back, everybody. 888-99-CHART is my number. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members? or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so... Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. 
This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99Chart. Okay, so I had a trivia question uh, before the break. If you can't seem to get and stay ahead, you should be aware of the key beliefs and behaviors that will keep you in perpetual debt. And if you're in perpetual debt, you're never going to get ahead. So I'm going to give you some behaviors that you have to see if you have. And if you do, these are the kinds of things you need to change if you want to get ahead of things and be retire comfortably, you know, sooner than you would ever be. Or many people don't even, are not even able to retire. Many people. So... Here are several behaviors to watch out for in yourself. You believe debt is part of life. Debt is not a part of life. A Pew study found that 7 out of 10 people said debt is a necessary thing in their lives. That kind of thinking is wrong. You don't have to have debt. You don't. Now, there's good debt and bad debt, and we can, we can discuss that. But that in itself is not a good thing to have. You use credit to cover emergencies. You should never use credit cards to cover or credit of any kind to cover emergencies. You should have an emergency fund set aside. You should have money set aside for emergencies. You make only minimum payments. You should pay off your credit card completely every month. If you can't do that, that means you're using debt to live on instead of your earnings. You're living beyond your means. Yes, and people say, well, I can't afford this, I can't afford that. Yes, you can. You just don't want to. You don't want to live within your means. You want the nicer things. Well, of course everybody does. But if you want to you want to have nicer things forever and live comfortably in retirement, you've got to make sacrifice. Delays gratification. Delay it. You make only, okay, I did that one. You allow expenses to rise with your income. So why, just because your income goes up, why are you spending more, all of it? You, matter of fact, all that income raises you get, you should, every cent of it goes into your IRA, your 401k, until you max those things out. 
every cent of that. Because if you're living on the lesser amount, you can live on that more going forward and just put your raises away. Not that hard. And finally, you use payday loans, the most expensive loans out there. Do not do that. And don't forget your credit scores. Make sure you have good credit scores, everybody. You know, and it's not hard to keep your credit score high because whenever you buy a house or you have to, you know, buy something on a loan and you have to do it, well, credit score means a lot as to costs. Okay, so those are the things you need to look at. Okay, let's keep things moving. Back to Invest Talk Voice Bank for a call that came in earlier from uh, New York. Hello, Duncan from New York. Hope you are having a happy Labor Day weekend. Thanks again for the answer of my previous call about in-mode and not chasing returns. My next question is kind of an investment thesis and a stock. Because you guys keep on doing a great job explaining about inflation, I'm looking for a different short to medium term approach to try to capitalize on this. I have a question on ETF, B as in boy, D as in Duncan, R as in road, Y as in yes, B-D-R-Y, B-Dry ETF. It is about the shipping, all the shipping companies that is capitalizing on all the, the high costs of inflation. Would this be a good idea to invest short term? Would you suggest I try to do more research and try to pick on individual stocks? Just trying to just learn. So I appreciate the answer and looking forward to hearing from you. Bye. Okay, so this is an exchange-traded fund, uh, BDRY, Breakwave Dry Bulk Ship. It's an ETF-sinking performance corresponding to the futures contracts on the cost of shipping dry bulk freight. Okay, so they're trading futures. Okay, and you that's not an easy thing to do. I'm not saying they can't do it, and they've been doing it, and it looks like, on, based on a chart, they're doing a decent job. But notice how volatile this stock is. It was uh, 2019, it was uh, 20, uh, $22, $23 stock. 2000, early 2019, it was down to 8 Before that, 2018, it was back up at 23 Then COVID, it fell all the way down to 4 or 5 and today it's at twenty six ninety. Very, very volatile. And the dry bulk shipping industry, or even in the, when they ship oil, all those the shipping companies are very volatile. And this was not even investing in shipping companies. It's investing in the futures contracts on the cost of shipping dry bulk freight. So, you know, they're related to shipping, and they have to know what the cycle is and a lot of other things they have to know. It's very risky, uh, and I, I don't know if you're not very well attuned to futures and shipping. I, I probably wouldn't try it. Okay, I would. Okay, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So El Salvador, population about 5 million, I think, or so, adopts Bitcoin. This is the first country to do so, and... I'm talking about adopting adopting it as a means of trade of paying for things, a, a currency. They're drop, adopting it as a currency, a government sponsored currency. They're using bitcoins. So what did they do? They bought 
oh, 400 bitcoins at $20 million. And the government is running bitcoin wallets out of their, out of like, oh, 200 bitcoin uh, ATMs. And they, they're issuing bitcoin wallets at $30 each. Okay, is this going to work? Hmm. Now, the, the businesses in El Salvador are required to take Bitcoin as a medium of exchange. They don't get a choice. They got to take it. So I'm finding this odd at this point, but it's just giving you a little sense of the more legitimizing cryptocurrency. I have told you, over and over and over, I think cryptocurrency is here to stay. Who's going to be the winner? Well, Bitcoin certainly is in the lead. But did you notice that Bitcoin went down 18% today in one day? Did you notice that the, another cryptocurrency called Dogecoin went down 30% in one day today? So there's very, you know, it's like rolling it, riding a roller coaster. I can see how, though, a small Latin America company or a, com a country or any country that's small and issues it wants to, you know, use its own coins or has it wants to keep control of inflation. I can see how they can use they can do that, uh, and maybe a, a cryptocurrency that they cannot just print all they want and destroy their currency value might be a good way to control have some controls of the economy. These politicians can't control their spending. Look at ours. They just can't. Okay, let's take another InvestTalk voice paint question. This time it concerns mutual funds. Hi, guys. I've been uh, listening to your podcast for a little while now, and I just had a question regarding mutual funds and which to select. So I'm 32. I have a pension now that I'm going to be doing pretty good on, but I have my Roth IRA, which I've been putting money into every paycheck. And I've been doing reading, and it's been saying to do either a small cap growth or a mid-cap growth. And then I've been reading somewhere it's saying to do value now more so than growth. If you guys could just give me some insight on uh, what type of mutual fund I should be investing in. I appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Okay, there's three basic categories of market capitalization, sizes of companies, small, medium, and large. Okay, and of course you have the, the micro cap, and then you have the super giant cap, but those are generally the three categories that most people refer to. And generally speaking, small cap companies grow faster than big cap, okay? But they're also more volatile and more risky, so if it was me, I would suggest that if you're just starting out, well, why don't you uh, spread out in all three categories, small, mid, and large. Now, besides the category of sizes of company, you also have the areas of investment. And those also are breaking down into a broad category called value versus growth. Okay? Value versus growth. <coughs> Excuse me. Value is, generally speaking, Companies that are trading at, at, at or discount to their under fundamentals of the company. They are what we say, well, they're cheap compared to their fundamentals. Growth, they're usually way overpriced compared to their fundamentals, but their sales growth is very fast. Value companies' sales growth could be fast, could be slow, could be none, but the value of the stock is very low. 
So it's always a mixture of these in your mutual fund. What should you have? And right now, the value versus growth question, growth has been since 19, probably 1999, has been the, the place to be. But value over a long period of time, 100 years, usually outperforms growth. So I, where everybody's thinking, and I am too, that maybe it's value's turn now. But growth is still doing very well. We'll see. Anyways, those are very good questions. If you want more specifics, you can give me a call. We'll talk about it. Okay? Okay, September has started. The year feels like it's moving. I mean, wait, wait. Holidays are upon us here, right? I mean, geez, summer's ending. So almost every podcast, I like to give a little bit of a reminder of what we do here at uh, KPP Financial. We're in Irvine, California. That's Orange County. Orange County is between L.A. County and San Diego County. I happen to be talking to you from San Juan Capistrano, which is where I live. Okay, and uh, so that's where we are. So I also mentioned the how our, about our philosophy, independent thinking and shared success, and how we operate. We operate on, un, we, don't, we have very firm in our belief in unbiased guidance. We don't buy or use a lot of a lot of registered investment advisors they just gather money and give it to a big company like Goldman Sachs and you don't even know about it but they use one of their trading systems and one of their philosophies and then they sell it to you well this is a this is a system we have and you may not even know that they're not really managing your money that someone in the background is managing your money we don't do that we actually do the managing and I buy the same things for myself as I do for my clients. Same price, same time. We call it parallel investing. I think that's the best way to go. Justin and I do that. We don't believe in, you know, not putting our money where our mouth is. We don't believe that. Big houses won't do that. They will not do that. Matter of fact, they um, they will state just the opposite. Why? Because of uh, to be perfectly honest, this day and age, there's, there is no excuse. But it used to be that there's so many offices and so many different Clients want different things, and therefore they couldn't do that, right? Well, I don't do that. Not one of these big, huge companies. I will price the same thing, same price, same percentage as my clients. Anyways, we would love to take a look at your portfolio, and after about 10 minutes, you'll see the difference in us. We will just talk to you about your portfolio. We're not trying to, we won't try to sell you anything. We would love to have you as a client, but maybe it won't fit. Maybe you just want some advice. We'll do that. You know, we really do want to help people. That's what we do. And I know that sounds cliche, but it is true. I will help you. Okay? 888-99-CHART is my number. 888-992-4278. You can give me a call. Be happy to talk to you about anything financial. Okay. Um, okay. We have laws on the books that is requiring the banks to have forbearance on clo- on closing um, foreclosing on people's property for not paying their mortgage. Okay, and we've had this for now for several couple three four or five years. I don't even know how long. Right now, there's about 1.7 million of these houses that are under this forbearance. Forbearance laws end in September. 
Now, that doesn't mean all $1.7 million all of a sudden, boom, no. No, it's going to be, September's going to start, and then it'll be over a period of time. How long, I don't know. Now, why I'm mentioning this, that, you know, we know that the market, housing market seems to have peaked. This, over time, is going to put 1.7 million more houses on the market. Now, mind you, our housing market is huge, okay? There's like, you know, we have like, what, 80 million homeowners out there? Right now, though, there's only about 600,000 houses for sale right now. And we're going to have 1.7 million more. Well, let's say they don't even close on 1.7. They won't, you know, most of those people probably will either refinance or do something. But let's say it's only, what, I think the estimate they think is going to be around, oh, what, 15% or so of that 1.7 million? Okay, that's going to put a lot of, lot of pressure downward, I would think, because we have a lot more houses coming on, on the market, and we're already peaked. Already we're seeing houses on the market longer than they were. Remember there was bidding wars not that long ago? Bidding wars. You know, you have five, six, seven, eight, ten bids on the house that you put up for sale. That's kind of gone. It's turning quickly. So we need to have more of these properties coming on. I'm not saying it's going to be a buyer's market. It just not might not be a very strong seller's market. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here: to help you achieve financial freedom. And of course, our goal will continue after this break. So give me a call: eight 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 ninety nine chart. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, where Invest Talk hosts and KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein practice parallel investing. That means Steve and Justin's accounts participate with Klein Investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing at investtalk.com. Hi, this is Donald. I'm from uh, Pennsylvania, and I'd like you to look at Joanne Fabrics. Ticker symbol is J-O-A-N. There was a uh, large sell-off on Friday. It seems to be at a, a point where I'd like to buy it. I just would like you to look at the earnings per share, which I think it says it's you know, $5.90, and then the P ratio is still positive, but only a 1.7. Then has a return on equity of negative 194%. I don't know if this is a good buy point, but it seems to me that the company is a little bit on the oversold. Joanne Fabrics, I'll listen for the answer on the podcast. Thank you very much for your help. Well, it's definitely oversold. That that I'll give you. It has. Uh, Joanne, uh, J-O-A-N, symbol operates 855 retail stores in 49 states offering fabrics and sewing accessories. And obviously, this stock, this company, if you've ever been in one, they're very slow. They're very, it's a very, I don't know, uh, low margin, not exciting kind of business. And that's why it trades so low on a P.E. ratio. They're going to make $2.46 this year. I'll take that back. Okay, they're going to make $4.13 this year and $2.46 next year, $2.74 a year after that. They pay a pretty high dividend, 4%. And it's a $10.05 stock. So even at $2.46 next year and $2.74, you can see how cheap the stock really is. It's a very low-cost stock. 
But the five-year P.E. range for this company is two to five. It's always been very low price stock. So two times $2.74 is not what? $5, almost $6.20? And five times that is, you know, if it ever got there, it would be $13 or so. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it is very oversold because it's recently been up as high as $16 or so. But, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, there's no catalyst for this to be up other than a bounce from being oversold. And that's about it. That's all you have. It's kind of maybe a trade. If you want to hold on for, for the dividend, well, that's fine. But it's a pretty small company, only $423 million. I, 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 it's, not for, it's too small for me to hold on to for any length of time. So I wouldn't hold on to it for the dividend because it's so small. I don't know how secure it is. J-O-A-N, everybody. That's the symbol. Okay? Okay, um, do you know who um, Catherine Woods is? Well, she is the money manager, or excuse me, the manager for ARC Innovative ETF. ARC Innovative, or ARC Innovation, Innovation, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly how they want to spell that. Um, her fund was up 150% in 2020. This year is down 2.5%. Why am I even bringing her up? Because she is a momentum, momentum investor, a momentum investor. If you really want to take really high risk, this is the fund you could use, an ETF that does what it does. And right now it's focused on robotics, fintech, and space exploration stocks. But she has a she has a history of being a super winner, or not so good. This year's not so good. I kind of like the fact that it's not so good this year. But I also wanted to bring up the fact that these are the three sectors she's high on. That maybe you could do your own homework and find some stocks in robotics, fintech, or space exploration. I don't like that kind of. You know, thinking. In other words, you don't have to buy her fund, her fund, but these are the stocks that she's focusing on, and she has a history of boom and bust, and this year has been kind of a bust so far for her. So, because last year was a big boom. I mean, she was up 150 percent, 2020. That's a lot for that year. A lot. So, just something to think about, everybody. Take a look. Make your own decision. Okay. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family about us. I mean, we have free podcasts. All the, this show will be downloaded. We cut out all the commercials, and you can download it, and listen to it anytime you want. So, you know, we, we're very pleased that we're all in 50 states and about 50 countries around the world. So, we appreciate your help on that. It's free downloads you can get at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and, of course, investtalk.com. You can view and rate us. We would appreciate that on iTunes. Uh, independent thinking, share success, everybody. This is Invest Talk, and I hope you have a great night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered 
and offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.